We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 160 of the pod. Nice round number. Two nice round guys. Oh, uh, gotta, you call me fat? I called us fat, Matt. I called us fat. Well, you implied I, I was also fat. I mean, you said no, two, I mean, two round guys. Yeah, but you, you know you know how I feel. You That's know, true. You know how I feel about you. Uh, That's true. I think you had, look great. We had a little we had a little off-air conversation about how, you know, best shape kids ever been in. Proud of them. And I mean, there's a, there's actually, there's a podcast topic there. Um, we were talking about how, you know, speaking from personal experience and our friends that played offensive line, some defensive linemen as well, in the best shape of their lives right now. Like football was probably the worst thing for, uh, you know, our, our friends of size. Was it not? Well, yeah, you know, it's, you, you feel a <laughs> lot of pressure to keep, you know, I yeah. guess you don't feel pressure to keep on that way, but it's like, you know, you kind of, you know, you kind of have to, and you're also lifting a lot. So yeah, of course I'm going to have a couple extra things at Saga or, you know, when I'm, when I'm going to Burger King, grab your own extra burger or something like that. Now it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not in class all the time. I'm not going to like, or I don't have a, um, a dining hall right there. I'm not mm-hmm. going to McDonald's every day. Like I just kind of eat once a day. Like I, I worked out and you know, that's kind of that weight is a lot when you, when you weigh that much, it's a lot easier for it to start kind of melting off Comes because off, there's, yeah. there's so much of it. And you know, it, it, it's tough when there's sheet cake in the locker room. You know? Yeah. You know, so, I, if I, someone brings, <laughs> I still have a Scott Betty Bedkey video of him dancing to uh sax man eating sheet cake in the locker room. So, yeah. That sounds about uh, right. We are about two minutes in here and completely off the rails, but we do have a bunch to get to here. But before we do, Matt, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Recovered nice from the the Fourth of July weekend. We took a little yeah, bit of a break last nice week. We, we had some we had some we had some tough scheduling conflicts, and then you know it was the holiday weekend. We decided to you know give, give the weekend off to everybody and reunite. Uh, I had a great weekend. Played some golf. Uh, was up in Michigan with the family. It was it was a nice uh, low key Fourth of July. Obviously, not many fireworks, but hit the golf course a couple times. Played well. It was it was nice. How about yourself? Can't beat that. Uh, yeah, you know, I was providing uh, unmatched content at CBS Sports HQ on our nation's highest holiday. Well, only matched uh, by the Moose and Roots podcast. But that's yeah. true. That's true. But uh, no, I, I worked on the night side, daytime. Had a lovely little, uh, lovely little morning with the girlfriend. Sat sat by the water. Had a brunch. There you go. Uh, laid by the pool. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a lovely holiday. But happy to be back here on the horn with you. And uh, talking about some big stuff, we will get to some golf topics because we are a golf podcast. We are. The Murphy Roots Podcast. Two straight weeks at Jack's Place, uh, at Murfield, Vi- Murfield Village, excuse me, uh, as they play the Workday Charity Something Something this week. Workday Charity actual, Open. Workday Charity Open. Uh, and then the actual memorial next week. I think it's a really interesting setup, but we will get to that. But we got to lead off with the biggest news and the biggest contract in the history of sports, I guess the biggest contract in the history of sports, not the biggest news, but Patrick Mahomes, $507 million this deal tops out at over 10 years. Uh, they now have him under control through 2031. He will be 36 years old. Uh, I mean, we could run through the numbers here, but uh, Matt, your initial reaction to this blockbuster deal that KC got done a day ago. Question for you. Do you have that deal in front of you right now? 
by, like, uh, I read it a million times. Do you know the guaranteed so money off the top of your head. When so it's kind of guaranteed money runs it's out. It's four hundred and seventy-seven million in guaranteed escalations. So that's okay. not guaranteed right now. I don't know. I don't know if it was revealed on what those escalation escalators are, but probably at signing right now, it's going to be a hundred and something guaranteed. Okay. Three three years from now, it'll be another hundred and something guaranteed. So he. Gets so as, more- as long as he's on the roster after, so I think it's so. Make it's sense. essentially it's essentially guaranteed money checkpoints. Okay, and, so yeah, and if you get to those, year six, you get this much money, and, and so and on. At those checkpoints, I don't know if at every single one of the checkpoints, but at a number of the checkpoints, Mahomes does have options to opt out, rework his deal. Which okay. I, I don't know what the quarterback market's going to do between now and twenty thirty one, but if we're forecasting it out. Guys are going to be making $50 million a year in 2031. I'm not going to come out here and say that, oh, this is going to be a bargain deal in a decade. It's because it's not. $50 million is 15 clear of any quarterback right now. Russell Wilson's the next closest at $35 million. Dak Prescott, if he thinks he's sniffing this $50 million, he's out of his mind. Yeah. This, is not, this is not a market-changing deal because he is unequivocally the best quarterback in the league at the age of 24 years old, already with a Hall of Fame resume, he's he's an albatross. He's he's not to be compared to. Yeah, and that's, that's why it's not a record. It's not a it's not a market changing deal because it's so far away from what the market is right now. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I was actually thinking about having a topic about it by ourselves. We, we kind of knew we'd, we'd hit this in a main topic, but you know, I, I saw see on all these sports talk shows like, what does this contract mean for Dak Prescott's deal? And I keep nothing, nothing. nothing. It means absolutely nothing. I'll They're tell not you what even it means. On the it same does, planet. They're not. It, Dak Prescott's not even the best quarterback in his division. In terms of in terms of money, I don't think it does anything for that negotiation. But in terms of duration, I think it does. Um, the conversation might be opened up between Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott now of looking at an seven to ten year deal they've been that's what they've been wrestling over i, I mm-hmm. guess they have the number down right now in the 30 something range but it's a matter of four years versus five um and they're arguing over that so maybe and i know dak wants that sort of flexibility but if you have these escalators in there then you do have that flexibility still to get out if you want to get out and rework if you want to rework but i mean the peace of mind of a decade-long contract uh, I, I, I talk about the market however you may. I just think that that's what I would want if I was a quarterback. So maybe that affects the negotiations that they start toying with the idea of, all right, we'll give you 300 over 10 mm-hmm. instead of, you know, 150 over the five or whatever it may be. Yeah. And again, I, I, I was watching one of these shows and I think it was Reggie Bush who was on there was talking about how. You know, he he didn't love that Mahomes signed a ten year deal because, you know, if he it was a five year deal, something along the lines, you know, he could get paid even more and then, you know, keep help, helping the union and his fellow players and all that stuff. And I just I, I get the idea of, you know, trying to move the line and, you know, always be thinking of, you know, your other players trying to get the best deals for everyone. But there is no other Patrick Mahomes first off, and we're probably not gonna see one for a very, very long time. And two, I, I don't know how like he, if the guy lives up to half of this hype, he just guaranteed himself over three hundred and fifty million dollars for the most part because you'd think he's going to be on this, you know, playing with the Chiefs through 
this at least the first six I mean, years he, of the deal because I think it escalates. I don't get he how you can be have like to live, he doesn't have to live up to that hype though, Matt. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's already been the league MVP. He's already been the Super Bowl MVP. He's one of three guys to have a fifty touchdown passing season. Like he has already surpassed any hype. That's this deal is awarding the work that he's done. I'm not saying that he won't continue to shine and be the league's brightest star, but the money's not, the money's no longer connected to his performance. I mean, he could take a dump and they owe him some money. You know, you say that now, I mean, you, the, the chiefs and the chiefs fans will always be, you know, indebted to Patrick Mahomes and love Patrick Mahomes for what he did. But I still don't think you can say that because he can go, not that this is going to happen, but, you know, God forbid he has, you know, injury riddled, you know, however many, you know, first couple of years of this contract. And mm-hmm. then it does start becoming a little bit of a problem. He, you're still going to hear criticisms from people about how, yes. oh, about, now he's Again, it goes back to the old Bill Belichick saying, of, you know, you don't pay for, and not maybe more than just Belichick, but you don't pay a guy for what he did. You pay for, for what he's going to do. If yeah. that's, I mean, you're still paying for, what you hope Patrick Mahomes is going to do. You hope this isn't all over. So, no, I don't think a $500 million contract is a reward for what he's done from, from you know, ages, whatever, 21 to 24. But I had another point there, and I forgot. I'm doing this this two weeks in a row for me. I think we got to get you on a nootropic. I think we got to get you some What does that mean? What's a word? It's, it's brain vitamins. It kind of okay. gets things firing a little bit. I'm taking vitamin um, D. Does that help? Vitamin D has nothing to That's for to bones, do with it, right? But it's good for you. Okay. Um, vitamin D is supposed to be good in this in this whole uh, protection against coronavirus. Great for the immune system. Um, I'm on a I'm on a heavy battery right now of vitamin A, B, C, D, uh, and some fish oil. Shouldn't that just be? Isn't that a multivitamin? What's a multivitamin? Uh, no, because I like I like being super extra and just taking a bunch of pills. And Sounds about right for you. Feeling like Bill Romanowski. There you go. Uh, Sounds about. But right. again, we've uh, we've veered off the path here, Matt. Uh, I, I want to continue down this Pat Mahomes road because. Yeah. It's five hundred and seven, or excuse me, five hundred and three. I may have tops said five hundred seven. It tops out at five hundred three, I believe. Yes, if, I might have if said he hits everything and is on, show, under so contract through thirty six, yeah, it's five hundred three million, which is five hundred three million. But the thing that tells you how much the Chiefs organization, how much fans of the game, how much anyone who knows anything about football believes in Pat Mahomes, is I haven't heard much pushback on this. No, like, you don't. Like, yeah, you also, this is, you don't give a ten-year deal to a guy that also like isn't the fran- you know, who isn't the the total package. Obviously, he has the talent, but this just confirms what we've already known. He he's a great locker room guy. He's a great organization guy. He's the type of guy that you want to build around the person around your organization, not just the talent. But this also always arise. The question always arises on the tail end of a contract like mm-hmm. this: is what does it do for the Chiefs' cap number in the long term? D Ford right now, uh, not D Ford. Is it D Ford? One of the Chiefs defensemen, the defensive line. Oh, uh, Frank. No, not Frank. Clark. No, no, no. no. Uh, Chris Taylor, Jones? I think it is. Chris Taylor? No, I don't think it's He's Chris their Taylor. defensive line. Someone's, I know. He's someone their wants to be reworked right now. Million a year. Yeah, someone. D Ford's no longer on the team. Uh, someone. He, he wants to be reworked right now. You have, have Travis Kelsey up in two years. You have Chris Jones. Uh, Ty, uh, Chris Jones, thank you. You have Tyreek Hill up in a couple years. Um, People have to be paid, and you now have 50 a year of whatever the salary cap is going to your quarterback, and it's tough to win that way. And we saw the Patriots dynasty dynasty succeed because Tom Brady never took anything close to the number that he was worth. Mm -hmm. Um, He always left his management room to wiggle and room to go get him somebody and room to bolster the defense and pick up another back. 
the Chiefs are going to have to be really creative in how they move forward for the next decade. Yes, the cap number is going to go up. Maybe not next year because revenues are going to go down this year with no fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. They're going to be strapped uh, two years from now. Then the number is going to go up and they're going to feel like they can breathe. But still, when that percentage of your number is going to your quarterback, you are going to hit some situations where you got to say bye to guys you love. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it in across all sports with football especially. And I, I think – they kind of—I I forgot who sent out this tweet. It might have been Lewis Riddick, but all their young players that are still under contract for affordable, really affordable deals. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, um, uh, Damian Williams. Obviously, they just drafted Clyde Edwards-Helaire. So they kind of have—I don't want to say a window, the only window of Patrick Mahomes' deal, but they kind of have a window here in these next, you know, three-ish years that they better go ahead and win at least one more before they kind of have to hope they drafted really well and regroup and, like you said, get really creative. That said, yeah. I think it's I after mean, it's 2022 they have um, – is the the NFL TV deals are up and they're probably yeah. hoping you see the, the cap rise a bunch after that too. But still, $50 million to one player, no matter what the cap number is, is going to be, you know, at least a fifth or a sixth of – of that cap of your total salary cap, no matter kind of what it's going to rise to, it's not going to rise to the point where it's not going to be a huge, huge chunk. The thing is here is that over the next decade, so many different things are going to happen, good, bad, and otherwise to the chiefs and Pat Mahomes that the pundits will say everything about him. He will, we, we wrote, Tom oh, Brady off, we wrote Tom Brady off twice in a decade. Um, he had two different dynasties in a decade in, in 15 years time, mm-hmm. 20 years time. It's, the news cycle is always going to try and move faster than the player. Right now, we're celebrating this guy. And like you said, probably for the next couple of years, we'll continue to do so. Will there be a downturn at some point in the next decade? I think the law of averages and the salary cap era indicates 100% yes. Absolutely. We will go bad on Patrick Mahomes, and then Patrick Mahomes will come back because he's uber talented. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a wonderful moment for him. It's a wonderful moment for anyone who's up for a contract because they look at him and say, that's what I could do if I'm the best at my position, not to the tune of $50 million, but they're seeing teams making commitments to the faces of their franchises um, pretty much all around the league. I mean, we went out and picked safety here in Chicago. Uh, you go and pay a quarterback in Kansas City. Guys are getting their contracts. Um, and then there's other franchises like the Patriots who are getting former MVPs for a million dollars flat. Like it's, it, it's, it's the game can be played a multitude of different ways. And I think we're seeing the chiefs just push all their chips in on the quarterback route. And that's a smart route to push your chips in on. I would just say word to word of warning here. If you look at the best teams from a year ago, and possibly if you look at the last couple years in the NFL, what gets you to the Super Bowl, what gets you to championship weekend is defense a fantastic run game. Don't be fooled by the 49ers. That's a run offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously know the Ravens are a run-first offense. The I mean, Titans surprised everyone last year by running the ball. Granted, like, it wasn't always through runs, but who was the breakout player even for the Chiefs last year in their run? It's Damian Williams. Yeah, and you have to you have to com- make be able to make commitments to the defensive side of the ball, I guess is the point mm-hmm. that I'm trying to get to here. And I think that's where you might see a downturn a few years out from now. Not trying to go bad on Patrick Mahomes, not trying to go bad on this deal. It's deserved and beyond, and I'm happy to see it. But um, there will be ramifications in the long term, I think. No, and I, I think what you, you said, the Patriots are obviously added a, a former NFL MVP for you know a million dollars, and they've had a track record of – you know, because of the reputation they've built up the last few years with Tom Brady, obviously it's not Tom Brady anymore, but because of their coach and who that organization is, 
they can lure those types of guys, the guys who maybe aren't getting the big offers, they want to come on one-year prove-it deals for super cheap. And I think the Chiefs are hoping that over the next year or two, they can help kind of build up that reputation within themselves. So when this $50 million mm-hmm. cap hit starts to That's kick in, point. yeah, you know, um, just to pick a name out of a hat, Allen Robinson, say he hits the free agent market in four years and he's looking for a one-year prove-it deal, he might come play for a million dollars for the Chiefs and hope he hits some incentives and then get paid the year after somewhere else. He's going to try and get those. I, I think they're kind of banking on going the Patriots route of that way because that's a way to kind of work around getting some high-end talent to come play for you when you have that high-end you know, salary cap hit on your quarterback. Well, let, let's pick at that scab for a moment, Matt, because – I know we hit on it uh, sure. on our last podcast, the Cam deal, but we really didn't put it into. Or did we hit on it? No, we we uh, that no, was we last week, so we didn't touch was, on so it. So we we haven't talked about it, and um, obviously, I mean, all of this quarterback news is one degree of separation away from the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Pat Mahomes having been on the board when Mitch Trubisky was same draft class, Deshaun Watson. It will always haunt us as fans. Fine, whatever. Um, Cam Newton. This is a decision that was made more recently to yeah. spend $21 million in dead money on Nick Foles, who is going to be in a quarterback controversy with a guy that you hope might figure it. Like the quarterback situation is still shit in Chicago mm-hmm. and we're spending money on a guy who might not start $21 million. Uh, we're spending on a guy who might not start where you see Cam Newton go to a winning franchise and just, you can't help but think that it's going to work pending his health. Like if Cam Newton is healthy for three quarters of the season, the Patriots are going to the playoffs. That, that's how good the coaching is, regardless of the players that are surrounded by him. Yes, he might not have the targets that he might want offensively, but they're going to be a run-first team as they were with Tom Brady under center. Mm-hmm. Maybe you start working Cam into a little bit of run game, but that offense, the way they call plays, it fits. It always molds their talent. And I, I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but Matt, were you able to avoid the sinking feeling of that should be our quarterback when Cam Newton signed with the Patriots? Yes and no. I mean, part of me wants to know what is we, we again, we just talked about it. We got the, the Patriots are a team who's kind of built up this reputation with, with, with their coaching staff. Okay, okay but forget the reputation. Well, no, I'm we saying I don't if know we if would have offered if offer we would have offered he'd have accepted Cam, from the Bears. No, but would he, would he have taken $6 million a year? Would he have taken four million a year at that point, or were the were the Bears and the front office and anyone who has any hand in making the decision, the scouting personnel, were they too afraid of waiting this thing out beyond free agency, beyond a draft, beyond everything, beyond a pandemic, and waiting until July, damn near, to sign a quarterback? I, I do kind so. of think they were I a little bit that, afraid about that, and I think, I think one the, another thing they might have been a little bit afraid of was whether what. Committing, not to say Nick Foles' injury history isn't is good because it's not, and I'm not giving this isn't me giving them a pass. I'm thinking maybe what their logic was if they were to offer Cam Newton one year, ten million, or whatever it might have been to get him out, you know, two months ago, and he comes in and isn't the same, clearly still hurt or gets hurt, you know, week one or two. That puts them in another really, really bad spot. No, it doesn't. Go- no, it doesn't. Then you put the quarterback in that you drafted four years ago and say, "Sink or swim, kid. You want a contract." Earn it. Well, I mean, you're in the same spot right now. You're still going to have that. I mean, you still have the opportunity to do that. But your, I, but your so option you for they, a, but your they, option for a number I'm one. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been the right decision, but you can't tell me that if Cam Newton, you know, with foot troubles last year, came in in week two, suffered a you know a broken foot or something like that. 
on it. And again, I'm not saying this isn't what they Nick should have Foles done. Nick Foles broke his collarbone. I'm not. I'm not Nick, saying Nick Foles is, broke his collarbone Joe, eight Joe, months ago, stop Matt. Stop yelling. I'm but you're making to, you're making bad make, points. I'm not defending them. I'm saying what I think might have been going through their head. And I'm not saying it's much better, but I'm saying this might have been the what they see as the safer route. And I also think Matt Nagy. I think Matt and Brian Pace as well. You can see they kind of think the same way. They're in love with their guys, and I think this is that, to a fault because again, I don't think this you can is take necessarily that shit and run with it, Matt. Because I'm not, not how, defending them. Not I'm not saying win. I agree right. with them. I'm but saying you are. This is, you are. No, you're putting. You're I literally every, just. I literally just said I'd have gone with Cam Newton. Plan. You're laying out a plan of why they did what they did. Yes. That doesn't make it right. I didn't say that it was right. When they, okay. Recall we'll, one we'll time. Stop laying it back. out because everyone everyone knows what the Bears did. They stepped in it again. And, and I'm, I'm hoping for the best with Nick Foles. But the more tape I watch, the more I get into Nick Foles, the more I think about it, we're in store for another disappointment. We're in store for a Fenwick High School freshman split squad quarterback situation for the rest of for the rest of this next season. We're in store for the decision makers to continue to make poor decisions until the decision makers are changed because you're seeing what a championship caliber franchise did with their quarterback situation quite similar to ours. A team that's predicated on defense and run went out and took a chance. We did what we thought was safe and handcuffed ourselves financially. It's good management in the face of bad management. Again, the Bears are in a situation where they look like the asses. A guy just signed a $503 million contract that was sitting under their noses, but they got cute. Now they want to play it safe, and you can't get the quarterback position right again. That's where we're at. I haven't disagreed with anything you said. I don't disagree with anything anything you said. I'm on the same page with you in thinking that I, if given these two contracts, or obviously I don't think the Bears could have gotten Cam at this deal he signed with the Patriots because the Patriots, I would have liked no, Cam. But at, a, but at a but at a rebate for what they paid for a lesser athlete, for a lesser quarterback, for someone for someone whose ceiling is far lower than the alternatives. I'm not. Cam, dis- I'm with you. Uh, let me let me ask you let me ask you this question. Sure. Do you believe the Bears can win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles? If all things go right, yes. No, 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 no. All, it's, it's NFL football. Not everything's going to go right. Can they withstand what goes wrong? Do you believe the Bears can win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles? I think it's more likely than Cam Newton, but I do think it's possible. That's where yes. I depart from you. That's where I depart from you. 100%. I mean, 100%, I mean, if, you want, 100% healthy, if you want me to play devil's advocate, Joe, Cam, one, one of them ha- if you want me to play devil's advocate, I, I, I don't want to argue with you because I'm on the side of Cam Newton being better. If you want me to play devil's advocate, one has a Super Bowl ring and a Super Bowl MVP. The other doesn't. The other won okay. the MVP and then played the worst game of his season and one, one of the worst of his career in the Super Bowl. But also had an MVP season to get his team to the Super Bowl. Nick okay. Foles picked up the reins, got hot, and again was led by a defense. Oh, yeah, the Bears don't have that, do they? Uh, Matt, you, you, we, Joe, I, been, I, I'm with you, and you're, 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 you're arguing me. You're, you're poking me. You're trying to get me to argue with you, so I'm arguing with you. I'm making points back. Again, I'm with you on Cam Newton. He would have been the better quarterback for this situation. So, this Matt, explain to me this cap. then. Explain to me this then. Okay. How do you say you're with me on Cam Newton but then you say the Bears have a better chance of winning a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Where, where, I didn't where am say I... that. Yes, I said did. they have a chance with Nick Foles. I no, said they said... have a better. No, I, 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 I'll play it back with you if you want me to after this. I said they have a better chance with Cam Newton. I think they have a chance with Nick Foles. 
All right. I, I, I just I. I'm I'm done sticking up for bad decision making, and we just watched it happen again. This time during an off season, so we're not getting to see it immediately land flat on its face. But that is what we are driving a hundred miles an hour at. And just as if the Chiefs don't win another championship in the next five years, it's a disappointment for them. But it's a disappointment in the short term. I'm tired of being disappointed long term with the only team that I give a damn about anymore. I. I'm on the same page with you. I 110% agree. It's frustrating, especially seeing, you know, the two, not especially seeing, it's all we talk about in this town, the two guys that they passed on, one signing a $500 million extension, the other's probably going to sign a $400 million extension a couple of years down the line. It sucks. They can't get it right. And they so, continually. So get, new, so get new they's. If they can't get it right, there are more they's so out here, there. Here's the deeper question to that, because I agree. That you, you do need to get new days, but where do you start getting new days? Because they've been getting new days for however many years. I mean, we've been Bears fans for 28, 29 years, respectively. You're, you're 30 now? You're 30? 30? I'll be 30 in September. Th- 29 years, respectively. We've had one good quarterback in Jay Cutler. And I, 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 I stop it good. Jake, I love and, Jay Cutler. He was a good quarterback. Which and he wasn't, and he wasn't ours. He was, a, he was something yeah, like Yeah, this guy they traded for. What? They can't draft the court. They they don't. And again, I, again, I'm not saying George McCaskey should know how to scout quarterbacks because no owner does, outside of you know Jerry Jones because he's a GM, whatever. But that, I, I it, it's hard. They, those guys can't get the decision right. And they have and to. I, I don't know how you change that. I, I don't know. It's, it's changing an owner does that. I don't. I mean, the the, the change is bringing in a football czar. But does bringing in a football czar change that? Because do they do they know the right guy to hire? Yeah, forget a football czar. Just hire someone who knows something about the game. Get some Shanahan's in the buildings. Get some Lynch's in the buildings. Get some uh, Belichick. I mean, you can't even say Bill I mean, Belichick, but get some Scott Scott Pioli, who put together the original Patriots dynasty. Gets run out of town because Belichick wants to run the freaking show, and now he's answering questions that an idiot like me is asking. Didn't he go to Kansas City after that too? He was in Kansas City. He, he was on the short list for the Cleveland job. Go get someone who has a proven track record. Yeah. Don't get someone who's going to go get you Mark Tressman's. Don't get a Phil Emery. You know, we, we were high on Ryan Pace, and he looks like the second coming of Phil Emery. It's just nauseating that from the top to the bottom that this, this franchise continues to damn itself and continues to not put the right – people in the right places to make the right decisions. I blame everybody. I blame the ownership for not getting the right people in the position to hire the right coaches, to coach the right players, and I blame all of them for not drafting or trading for the right players. It's just, it's ineptitude that's magnified by the amount of talent that there is. And I know that goes against me saying how much talent that there is on the roster. I know that kind of goes against no, but right it's players in the your, your roster is you only as good as the quarterback that can kind of lead them for the most part. Yeah, you can build, and, you, and, you can build the best defense in the world. And I credit to Ryan Pace and the, and the one thing he's done really, really well. He's built a fantastic defense. But all we can talk about is the fact that he can't find a quarterback, and ultimately, that's whether or not he builds. You know, I mean, a top ten, top five defense for the last five years. If they don't win this year, they don't make a playoffs. They go nine and seven, losing the first round, whatever because their quarterback play is up, he's going to be gone. And that's how that's, I mean, again, that's what we've been dealing with for however many years we've been Bears fans. 
Yeah, it just it, it's it's frustrating to watch, and and I've never I've never been someone who we've had this conversation. I've never been the I hate losing more than I like winning guy. But this has a big feeling of I'm sick and tired of watching everybody else celebrate their championships and their signings and their extensions and their mm-hmm. success. And knowing that the Bears are a few bad decisions away from being in that position and continue to be. It's yeah. just, you know, it's it's July, what, 7th? And we're talking about how the Bears make us crazy because it's hard when everything positive in the sporting news is, as I said, one degree of separation away from the Bears. Mm-hmm. But, I agree. Um, we have all year to to rail about the Bears. Uh, plenty more to that get to here. That was fun. MLB announced its. Um, MLB that was as heated as we got since Justin Herbert. Yeah, we need it. We um, do every once in a while. And wait till you see Justin Herbert in a Bears uniform. Uh, <laughs> um, MLB announced their schedule on Monday: sixty games, sprint forty games coming against your division, twenty of them coming against uh, your nearest uh, interleague matchup. Basically, your counter your. Your NL counterpart division, AL yes. NL counterpart. Um, anything jump off the board at you? Big winners, big losers. I think that from a travel standpoint, both the Cubs and the Sox yeah. are in a good spot. Just the AL and NL so, Central are in a fantastic position. I feel, like. and I do really think, far. I, I do think that both wild cards come out of both Central divisions because I think the East is going to eat itself alive mm-hmm. um, through interleague, through maybe not the AL East. I think the AL East is going to kind of have their way. Uh, with things but the nl east is tough and then they got to play a couple tough teams out of the al east uh, i mean the florida team's got to travel a bunch it's mm-hmm. just it's it, it, it they're between a rock and a hard place uh, my point is i think this sets up nicely for both the cubs and the Sox. yeah i agree i think that we, we talked about it earlier we, i like both teams schedules i, I like because of we, we knew it was going to be pretty much your division and then i don't think we officially knew it was going to be against the nl central till they you know released the schedules but i i I think the Sox don't have any incredibly. They get to play the Royals, however, you know, what's it, ten times, fifteen times? Tigers, however many times? Uh, Pirates, however many times? times. I think it sets up for for both squads really well. And I, I, while I would have liked to see a Sox Cubs opening day, um, Sox Cubs three games to close out the season at the Cell is going to be pretty cool, pretty darn cool because that's something. And granted, it won't be them competing for the same playoff spot. But, but they're probably pretty, both going to be competing. Yeah, the there, there's spot. a pretty darn good chance at least one of them is going to need to, you know, take two out of three for a playoff spot or something like that. So that, I mean, it's hard. It's it, it's hard to overanalyze a baseball schedule because there's so many games to be played. But if you're asking me to pick out, you know, a highlight game of my, you know, of this yeah. season, it's got to be those three to close out, especially at the cell. That's going to be. Really and if cool. I'm not mistaken, I believe the regular season ends on September 7th. So. Uh, I think you're should right. Be, should be right in that range where we're a week out from NFL football. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the glow of some major championships on us. Uh, hopefully, baseball will uh, bear some fruit in the uh, in the realm of entertainment, and that they don't just kind of I don't know wash this thing out. I'm still worried about the product. I'm See, still worried about the players' willingness now that's come up over the last Yeah, year. I mean... You have star players like Chris Bryant and Mike Trout saying they don't feel safe and they don't know if they want to take part. I- I'm I'm not 100% convinced that we're going to have baseball still. I don't uh, think I am either. I think I'm, st- I'm still around 75-25 that, that we are, but I mean, leave it up to Major League Baseball. They, they're the one sport that's, you know, trying to come back that 
his seemingly, seemingly screwed up testing of all things, which he talked to the NBA who's been doing it regularly now for a few weeks. The NHL has been doing it regularly now for a few weeks. Not one hint, not one complaint of, you know, at least on the testing front, like th- th- there hasn't been much of an issue. There haven't been players saying we don't feel safe. And now the, the you know, baseball has been back for less than a week. And you already have, you know, teams, I think it was the Angels saying, or the Nationals who closed camp because they can't get test results back in time. Like, I don't understand how. I guess I do understand were, because it's major league baseball. But there were two instances of test administrators being no show. Just didn't show up. Like, Wait, who are you hiring? And are you not paying them on time? Like, what? What's going on here? It's uh, that's one issue. Another issue is you know out of your control. If you have a team a la the Dallas MLS team get 10 players and a coach sick and have to pull out, Mm -hmm. what does that do to the schedule? What does that do to the standings? What does that do to competition? There are so many different things that could go wrong, and there's only a couple ways that this thing could go right, Mm -hmm. and that has me very worried um, because I have opened myself up, and I am looking forward to baseball, and I did – Put out those thought, put those thoughts out of my mind, or tried to yesterday, and get excited for the schedule. But um, all things are tentative in the year 2020. Yeah, it's I just I think we'll at least have it by you know July 24th. But like you said, and it's pretty much the same concern with all sports coming back is what happens if you know there's some sort of outbreak within one team, and then that team just played this team a couple times, and then however you know how does that affect the schedule going forward? How many teams have they been in contact, and so on, so so on and so forth. You have to delay the season. Just logistically, they need everything. Done, pretty with much what they've done now, right. with what they've done now, Matt, you haven't allowed yourself that window to possibly no. extend the season. You gotta, you gotta fit these things in, and you're playing with weather. You're playing with a finite amount of time. Uh, you saw the head of uh, men's Division One basketball. Uh, yesterday come out and say we've presented it to the power five conferences we want to start the season in october in case we have another breakout that we can pause the season and still do march madness when we want to do march madness it's like like, that foresight it's like baseball decided they weren't going to figure out how they were going to do this until the deal was signed like they they just right after this they came okay now how do we want to go about this whereas you have the nhl who announced what was it Two, three weeks ago, or three, you know, three weeks ago, a month ago, that they're coming back on these dates, and yeah, that's two months from now, and we're gonna, you know, start phasing ourselves back into, you know, back into camp, back into practicing, to the point where we have enough, you know, people tested, we've gotten everybody tested, we have time where if some one or two fall out, we can, you know, put the brakes on things. The NBA doing the same thing; they've opened up workouts, you know, starting over a month ago, and baseball's like, yeah, okay, cool, we we got two weeks, that's enough time. We'll argue about this money before we get to things here. Baseball's the baseball, and I, I'm, I was this kid too, but baseball's the kid that decides to write, you know, the seven-page paper the night before it's due. That's yeah, you can't have that. No, I mean you yeah. definitely can never get A's from that. <laughs> I, I gave I gave great pause there as as an English writing major. You know, I always I was always workshopping a couple ideas a few weeks out. So. I would do like I would I actually I, there. Everything everyone in college had, you know, the, the, the late night, you know, night before, you know, where you crush some oh, yeah. things in. But I was a big fan of, you know, starting like two weeks early and I should, I'd knock out a paragraph. All right, cool. <laughs> knock out another page. All right, that's done. Just like, just space it out so I never had to work too long for uh, that long in a row. That's, Smart. that's why uh, you and I did not go Ivy League. And hey, uh, there's a Harvard there's a of the Midwest. Here. There's a tie in here. Harvard of the Midwest. Um, Harvard of the Midwest. But the tie-in here is that a silver lining of this all is that we might have an actual competitive league in spring 
playing football. The Ivy League wants to move all fall sports to the spring of 2021. So we might be betting Dartmouth-Princeton on a Saturday afternoon in Harvard, the If that's the case, Harvard-Yale might be the most like gambled-on game in the history of sports. Well, if there's fans in the stands to close out the season, oh man! If there's fans in the stands and that thing is at the Yale Bowl, you're staying at Joe Musso's house, and we're going to the Harvard Yale game because I'm coming. uh, Excuse me, Yale's like 45 minutes from me. Deal. I'm in. We'll go. We'll tailgate. Um, I'll bring the grill. You bring the food. The cook. You're the better cook, but I'll bring the I'll bring the supplies. You bring the food. You do the cooking. We gotta root for opposing teams, though. Uh, Dibs on Harvard. That's fine. If it's if it's a home game, I'll take the home team. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm 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 going roadshow with my with my Harvard Crimson. You're supporting but, uh, Friar Harvard alum Jack Dittmer. I'm supporting Yale Friar alum Dan Walsh. There you go. That's it. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Friar is always well represented in the Ivy League. But uh, Matt, let's keep this thing rolling here. And I know the CCIW. We've been, we've been digging into these uh, pretty deep today. We hope you guys are enjoying this episode 160 of the Moose and Runes podcast. We do have some buyer sells coming up for you, but get into the mailbag because that's that's Matt and I's favorite part of this mm-hmm. whole thing. And if you stop doing that. Matt's going to have to, you know, pull my ear to get this thing done. Golf uh, you know, questions, I, that, food questions. Whatever it is. Sports whatever questions, is. if you got them, that's great too. But, you know, the, I think you Things, guys agree. What was that show growing up? Loveline? Loveline? Sex questions? You could send us your sex questions. Maybe hold off um, on that one. I don't. Yeah, but I'm just trying. You know, I'm just trying to stoke the sure. fire. I'm we, trying, to get, we, trying to get the people think involved. About answering it, yeah, sure. We'll look uh, I'm at not it. trying to kink shame. Uh, you ask whatever questions you want here if you think it's appropriate for the Moose and Moose podcast. Enough, Maybe we'll answer point. it. Okay. Maybe we'll answer it. I'll give it. Twitter, you can get away with a lot on Twitter. We don't have the explicit tag, but we're also not big <laughs> enough to have the explicit tag. So That's get it. us the explicit tag. Uh, Matt, let's guys. talk a little golf here. I've actually been dry swinging a, a new utility iron. Yeah, I wanted to. No, don't call, it, don't call it a utility. It's a utility iron. Iron. What is it? It's a two iron. You got a two. Yeah, iron. but it, it doesn't even have a two on it. It's got the degree on it. That's how you know it's a utility iron. It's What's got a nice degree? big hittable back. It's an 18 degree utility iron. Jeez. Um, so what club so are you going to take out of the bag for it? Uh, I think, you know, I've been really into a knockdown pitching wedge anything mm-hmm. longer than like i can i can gap my i can gap my pitching wedge all the way down to my 56 degree so I, I think i'm gonna take my 52 out i think i'm gonna take my 52 out because i I, I've, I think i've swung my 52 once this summer I'm and this gives way. me another option off the tee i had a 48 and i'm at, i'm at, i want to add a hybrid to the bag i did add a hybrid to the bag this last weekend well i grad i borrowed one from my cousin that now i've decided i'm going to buy because i liked it so much took yeah. out the 48 and i'm kind of with you like i can you know if I muscled up a sandwich, I mean, if winds, if wind is not much of a factor, if I really go at a sandwich, I can get that thing, you know, one twenty, and yeah. in between there and one forty five, one fifty, like I can knock down a pitching wedge, you know, go seventy to eighty percent on it. I don't really need that gap wedge club. I don't think in that hybrid, that longer iron that you feel really comfortable with. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that makes much more of a difference than you For know sure. a third or fourth wedge because the granted you don't hit them as much those longer irons where you're 250 out whatever in the middle of the fairway and you need to feel comfortable with the club in your hand you want to go for it it's rare you find one of those and if you've got one or often just when you're, if you don't want to hit driver if you have that club that you know you can hit straight i feel like that's yeah. much more valuable than a wedge that can you know split a 30 and just yard from gap. kind of just from kind of like a wedge theory point i've you know my 52 is still in my bag but i've almost taken it out in my mind mm-hmm. that it's just not even there anymore and it's forcing me to hit other shots with my 56 and with my pitching wedge and i'm getting much better at those shots huh. i'm not just taking full swings at a wedge that i hope is the right distance i'm 
getting my feel down to a number. Um, and yeah, I and think that, that's the product of having one Especially less with the wedge, like that's going to help you out too with a nine iron, with an eight iron. Like when, there, sure. there's certain st- shots where, you know, we don't have every, you know, we don't have every distance in the bag where you got certain wind that, you know, like, you know, this is, my, you know, 165, like 165, 170 is my eight iron club, but I got some wind with me. Do I kind of have to hit this knockdown? Well, I know how to hit the knockdown wedge. Let's hit that feel with the eight iron. And it kind of helps you with, I think, the rest of the clubs in your bag because there are sometimes you're going to have to take something off something or put something on it. Moral of the story here is that if you work for a golf uh, utility, if you work for a golf brand and you have a call us. If you have a discount, if you have an employee discount, oh, we'll plug I in. will buy clubs for you immediately. Shout out to Brian Sen and the good people at Wilson Golf. I'm going to be hitting a Gary Woodland stinger with this thing in no time. I'm going to talk uh, to him. Good, yeah, cut yeah, a deal on a hybrid. Stuff. Some good some good clubs over there. You don't, you don't hear about Wilson Golf too much, but um, I've worked some wedges in that are fantastic. Good, they got this. some nice golf balls too. Beautiful golf hybrid. Ball. Beautiful hybrid. Uh, they just did develop a uh, – a four-piece tour-type ball that they did not have before. The guys love it. It tests very similar to a Pro V1, Pro V1X. Um, I've played it a couple of times, and it's got great feel to it. Not but an official done, sponsor, done but they're the, giving done us with a the free plug. So. Yeah, done with the free plug It's not plug a free here. plug. You've got a discount. On, uh, yeah, on Will, Wilson Golf, uh, the good people, Brian Sen, uh, Bobby Zarnowski, all the good people at Wilson Golf uh, taking care of us, and they'll take care of you. Uh, that that's that's it for the Wilson Golf portion of the well. Now the I podcast. definitely get half off. Now I definitely get a half off a hybrid. Uh, we do have to talk about the pros who could do a lot more with these clubs than we can. But uh, just a little bit. Can you? Do you uh, have three sixty seven off the tee in the bag, Joe? I do not have three sixty seven. I don't think I do either. Uh, only one guy on tour does really though yeah. consistently. Bryce and I think averaged three hundred and sixty yards off the tee last week. He will not be in the field this week. Uh, he does plan to be there the second week at Mirrorfield Village. I don't know why I struggle saying that, um, but. Uh, we got two tournaments coming up here at Mirrorfield Village, uh, that being Jack's tournament at the Memorial, uh, but preceding it is the, I completely forgot it, Workday Open. Workday work day, work day Open. Workday Go Get Yourself Open. Um, some good names out there. Justin Thomas going to be in the field. Brooks Kepley going to be in the field. Patrick Cantlay, a winner at Mirrorfield in the past. Seems like a lot of a guys lot of, who weren't in the field last week. A lot of guys who weren't in the field last week and a lot of guys who are going to be in the field at the Memorial and want to get a look at this course. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I can't give you a a great betting angle just yet for this week, but I think we're going to have an awesome sample size to look at going into next week to possibly make some really sound wagers. But uh, if we're we're talking bets, I say this is the week that you kind of maybe don't put one down before the tournament and you stick to the live betting, see who's doing what and when. And then, yeah, I think you can see, you know, how Justin Thomas plays this week, how Brooks Kepka plays it this week, might give you a little insight on how you think they're going to play it next week, and might give you a little bit better idea. Yeah, and even if they don't play it great this week, just seeing the course for four more days—that mm-hmm. that, to a professional—that's invaluable. So yeah. I, I do think I'm going to make a two-week uh, prediction here. I do think our winner uh, at the Memorial wait, is wait, someone wait, wait, who wait, is, wait. yeah, that's you know. Oh, okay. You're not making your no, name no, no. I do think gotcha. our winner at the memorial is someone who's in the field this week. It is the point that I was going to make. You're going against our our podcast, what? our podcast hero, Tiger. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. It, it'll be if Tiger, I, plays, I would, if Tiger plays. Tiger plays at the memorial. Tiger. If Tiger plays at the memorial, he, and he'll be if he'll, if he's in the field. I mean, we've, he's had amazing success there in the past. He might be the exception to that rule, and obviously, I'll be rooting for Tiger, mm-hmm. but. I mean, first start out in how many months? Maybe, maybe throw a check. Uh, I'd be very, I'd be very surprised. I'd be yeah. very surprised. 
I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, mm, I'm with you. This is going to be the tough week to kind of bet, but you keep an eye on things for next but week. But let's let's kind of let's meld this all together. I know we're talking about next week. We're sure. talking about this week. Let's talk about last week a little bit. Jack came out, and I follow Jack on social media, uh, and he, he put something along the lines out on Instagram yesterday that uh, golf is golf's greatest test is firm, fast, and windy. We hope to have we know uh, we know we'll be firm and fast. We hope to have wind this week at uh-huh. Memorial. It'll be a true test. Kind of taking a shot at what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I know we heralded it because it brought a lot of guys into the field, but then we get to the point where we see Bryson do what he did last week and people are starting to get nervous. All the purists, is he breaking golf? Um, he's now on the board as the favorite at every single major that's going to be played this year. I think we're jumping to conclusions a little bit on Bryson. I mean, you won the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You didn't win it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, 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 he played a what great. What he did and the way he did it has never been seen before. Hit the ball a country mile, wedged it okay, and then putted really well. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Like you Fine. said, like, you, you hit it. You hit it on the head there. He wedged it okay and putted really well. And I don't think that's a formula come major time that's going to have you you can have some success if you hit the ball 360 yards any you know no matter how you're hitting the rest of your clubs yeah but if you're not totally on with those wedges and totally on again with the putter grant he was putting really well this week but he putt as you know as well as we've seen him do all year and he won by two shots partially because matthew wolf played you know one of the worst you know at least yeah i guess he ended up one he looked under like a 21 year old he played he, he ended up at one under for the round but he was what three over through nine so he kind of yeah. gave the round away you kind of won because matthew wolf had that awful nine I mean, if not to take away from what Bryson did, but like you said, it's not a major. It's the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and of course, it was playing pretty soft and pretty gettable. And we've seen these winners at twenty two, twenty three before. I'm just not up in arms about it because, like you said, I mean, he's been he's a combined sixty something under par in the four tournaments he played. He's Mm -hmm. playing fantastic golf. He's the he's this novelty of a fire hydrant of a human. It's fun. It's another storyline. I don't think that it threatens the sanctity of golf because one, it is not sustainable. He will not be able to swing the club like that in three years time, mm-hmm. maybe shorter. That swing, the force that he puts on his left hip and that whole left side coming through the ball with as big as he is, is going to produce. It's going to break down. It's going to break down. We saw Tiger's snap left knee break down when, in 08 when he won the U.S. Open. That was kind of the end of the line for that knee and the way he was swinging the club as a young man. It's interesting. He's doing it differently. It's fun to watch. But go down that scoreboard and look at how many guys were within five shots of him that don't hit the ball 305 yards on average. Mm-hmm. Um, coming in a tie for fourth, I believe, one of the shorter hitters on tour in Kevin Kisner. There's that's the beauty of the game is there's so many different ways to play it and, and there's so many different ways to golf your ball and attack a hole and if your main attack is length I still don't think you're the favorite in the field. I mean you've seen those guys. I mean not DJ is someone similar. Obviously he's still very good, still one of the better plays in the world. But you know he kind of had this. His similar struggles run. were from 120 yeah, yards he, in. You he know? kind of had these similar run, a similar run like this. Was it two, three years ago? I think we were debating on this podcast. You know whether one of that you know group of five, six guys is going to separate themselves from the pack. His main thing was his power. And Grant, he got his U.S. Open, but you know he hasn't been this world beater because everything else isn't all that. I do think that we're unfair sometimes, though, because DJ having won two weeks ago, not to cut you off, it made me look at the numbers. 
He has the most wins of any. No, but he hasn't player. like that, uh, that's he hasn't. He, he hasn't, hasn't broken he, golf. He hasn't been like he, people thought he hasn't when he broken was hitting golf, the ball. This and this he hasn't. Far, he and hasn't threatened this ideal of Tiger. He that won. We have. Yeah, he but, won like back to back tournaments. I think it was a couple years ago, and people like, oh, he's you know separating himself. He's by far, but he, he's might be the world it's number never one that. right now. You know, it's yeah, never that. These guys go through trends. Like they, 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 they're Justin Thomas had his run where he was, you know, playing, you know, off his ass. Jordan Spieth had a you know, the, the two majors yeah. in, you know, uh, in one year, these guys but all kind of come Dustin up and then kind of for a moment, 21 wins and multiple major or multiple majors. Yeah. Two. He's got two, right? Uh, no, just one. Dustin. Yeah. He's just got the one. He's, he's just, just got, got the, the one, US but Open. a major and 21 wins. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. The next, mm-hmm. the next closest active that plays on like a weekly basis is Phil with 46, 47, something like that. Yeah. And then Tiger uh, currently tied for the all-time lead with Sam Snead with 82. Mm-hmm. Um, so my point is that like sometimes because they're not winning every weekend the way we saw Tiger do it in the 2000s, we don't give guys credit. Dustin Johnson is already one of the greatest to ever play the game by the numbers. Yes, I would agree. Um, but uh, we're going to see a bunch of those guys out there attacking a beautiful golf course this weekend and the following. We might get some picks for the Memorial because, you know, we have been in this major drought and usually we do a little uh, we do a little wager for golf balls on major championships or maybe we'll do something over the three major championships, a total score. We'll figure out a game here, but uh, it's all coming our way in the not-too-distant future. Um, I, I know we're going to talk a little bit more PGA and buy or sell, so you want to get into some buy or sell, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I, we, we just talked a bunch about Bryson, so let's let's stick with that one. Um, okay. You, you mentioned he's the favorite most of the majors. Obviously, the, the, the most important major, the biggest major is the Masters. He's plus 800. I believe to win the Masters right now, making him the favorite. I don't remember who was behind him, but I think it had to be you, Justin Thomas. Uh, buy or sell Bryson as the favorite at Augusta? Uh, I sell that wholeheartedly. Uh, no, I'm not going again. I'm not going bad on Bryson here. Uh, obviously, you have to be able to work the wall right to left uh, at Augusta. You have to be able to hit it long. Bryson's not really working the ball much. I, I don't know if, if he starts getting into a situation where he can't just straight ball it 350 mm-hmm. yards and he has to work the ball a little bit one way or the other. I think that plays against him a little bit. While I do think that he should be the favorite at the PGA Championship at Harding Park, I, I know I've said it here on the podcast before, I was out there, I, I got to walk the grounds, I got to see it in what was intended to be tournament form, like eight months out from the tournament when it was supposed to be. So last year, mm-hmm. uh, nonetheless, I saw where they're putting the tees. I saw the shape that they want to have it in. They were already starting to seed in the fairways. Um, I just think that he's going to be able to bomb and gouge it around Harding Park where you won't be able to bomb and gouge Augusta National. Yeah, uh, I, That's why I think he should be the favorite at the PGA. There's places to miss it mm-hmm. out there. Whereas Augusta, and not to get romantic about the game. No, it's a lot more than just hitting the ball far. It is. There is a game plan that you need to sustain for four days if you want to be at the top of that leaderboard. And I think that was perfectly encapsulated by Tiger Woods making a bogey on the 72nd hole of the 2019 Masters and winning. You just have to be able to take, take par out of your mind and just hit each shot the way you need to hit it. And I think that maybe Bryson's analytical nature plays into that, but I don't know if he has all the shots and the patience you need to get it done at Augusta because, I mean, we saw him yelling at a cameraman last weekend. I mean, so that's another good point. I guess let me tweak that. Buy or sell come, you know, weekend before Masters, Bryson is still the favorite at Augusta. Sell. 
I agree. I'll sell that selling. because I think we see. I, I think, think we see a big Thomas name. Is be the yeah, I think we see a big name. Him. I think Justin Thomas will be in the mix the next two weeks. Um, you know that Rory's going to have good odds, mm-hmm. and if Bryson has an off week at the Memorial, I think we're so reactionary on oh, him right oh, now that the it's board will operate the same way. Like that too, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, um, Justin Thomas seems like he's kind. Of, he's playing playing good golf. He seems like he's kind of due for a breakout weekend or two, and I think you'll probably see that at some point before September and in Augusta. That happens. is the temperament of the guy I think yeah. is best suited to win a Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, now there have been fiery individuals to win it in the past, uh, in the recent past: Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, other guys that maybe have worn their emotions on their sleeve and operate a little bit more free willing. But I just think that. If you, you can be Tiger Woods, if you can be almost even a little bit more Dustin Johnson and be able to weather the storm, I think that sets up a little better. Now, DJ does not fit the mold of working the ball right to left anymore. He loves to hit that cut, and I think that that's where he gets in trouble at Augusta. But mm-hmm. we will get into the Masters plenty more. When I Masters can't wait. I can talk about the Masters we do have, every week until uh, the Masters. A couple more by ourselves to get into. Matt, I always ask you this. Whenever there's a card, and I know you hmm. reference me as our UFC guy, you're but the, I want to see you where the common fan is at right now, buy or sell UFC 151 or 251, excuse me. And do you even know who's on the card? So it's, it's, this is the first one on fight Island, right? First one on fight, fight so that, Island and Abu that's Dhabi. already intriguing to me. Okay. Um, I don't know who's on the card other than I knew the, you know, breaking news. This what was it earlier this week, late last week that Masvidal stepping up in that title fight with, uh, who's it? Kamari Usman. Kamari Usman will so, fight Jorge Masvidal in a fight that they've been trying to make for, Two years now, and they can't because because which McCall Masvidal just the numbers weren't right. He wanted more money, yeah. and the UFC completely showed their hand uh, about eight days ago, or six days ago and said, "We need you. We'll pay you X amount of dollars." I don't think that's been disclosed yet. And he said, mm-hmm. "Count me in." But taking on a title fight as a contender, not as the title holder, uh, Kamaru Usman being the title holder, who is the favorite on the board right now. Jorge Masvidal fears no man, and I am so excited for this main event, but you go down the card, Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway, uh, a reprisal there of an upset fight uh, about a year ago, mm-hmm. Peter Yan and Ho- Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo being a legend, um, you have a, another title bite between Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas, Rose Namajunas kind of at a, at a crossroads here, as is Paige Van Zandt, so like, some awesome storylines on the card if you really are deep into the UFC world, but also, if you're not, these are fights that are going to have fireworks. Well, that's that's the thing that I, you know, I, I've always liked about the UFC fights that I buy. I never really buy or, you know, go out of my way to watch a UFC fight because of the card. I go out mm-hmm. to buy, watch it because of the main event, the biggest fight of the night. Totally. And then usually whenever I get those fights. They don't fights, get much better than this one. Whenever I get that fight, you know, whenever I end up getting that pay-per-view event, like I end up being like, oh man, like all these fights have been pretty fun. You know, three out of four of these fights, whatever that I'm watching really closely have been a lot of fun. So that's why I'm... I, as opposed to boxing even more. So I, I'm really intrigued by this card because I know both, I've heard both names in the main event. I don't think I've ever seen either one of them fight, but I've kind of heard about both. Oh, come styles. on. You've seen Masvidal. I'm not sure I've seen Mas- Masvidal fight. Maybe, you didn't, you know, you didn't I, watch the Masvidal, Masvidal, Nate Diaz fight, the BMF belt? Oh, maybe I did. A couple see, months yeah, ago? You no, know, you're right. I think I did see that. Masvidal with the flying knee on the nose. Yeah, of no, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're, you're right. You've you're seen right. that one. You um, know who. But, but again, this is a main event that has me reeled in, and it's I'm going to buy it, and then I'll probably end up – I'm very likely going to buy it, and I'll probably be intrigued by a lot of the rest of the fights. I'll probably be texting you throughout the night who I should bet on all that, and I hope you're near your phone while you're on the air. Um, but yeah, I'm going to literally and figuratively buy the pay-per-view. 
Yeah, I I'm am uh, all in on it as well. If Who you was scheduled to? I could. Masvidal's it was uh, Burns, Gilbert, COVID, right? Gilbert Burns, yeah, which would have been a good main event as well, but he tests positive for COVID, has to back out, Masvidal fills in. It just Gilbert Burns does not have the name recognition, yeah. um, the star power of Jorge Masvidal, and I think that star is extended on Saturday night. I think that you might see another crazy knockout, something you haven't seen before, and he is mm-hmm. an underdog. So go get those tickets right now because I think a lot of money is going to come in on Jorge Masvidal. Okay, interesting. Um, it's your turn. Um, so the and NBA I got nothing bu- else for you. So well, give me some. Okay. The NBA, the NBA, the NBA bubble set up obviously with the the 2014 playoffs, but I'm not sure it's if it's bubble. official. But there's the rumors, words of the uh, eight team kind of NIT ish type, you know, tournament of the teams that didn't make the playoffs. I think Chicago uh-huh. was actually in the running to host that. Ask you simply buy buy or sell, you know, the eight team non playoff team, you know, tournament league, whatever you want to call it. I buy it because just as much as these teams that likely aren't going to make it into the playoffs but are in a play-in situation in Orlando, it's more time for you to assess your talent. Now, do I think the Bulls should have ha- should have uh, Kobe White out there and Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen? Probably not, but like sign up your D-League guys, get everyone in a uniform, pick somebody up if you can pick somebody up, learn something. Use it as a moment to assess data. And I think that's what this new front office will do. And the main thing you need to assess is if your coach can attract the attention of his players. Mm -hmm. And if he can't, it's time to say goodbye. And I think we're all aware of that that route and and that road that we're headed down. Just hopefully we get there sooner rather than later. Yeah. from a league-wide standpoint, I think that if you can guarantee these players and these coaches health, that it's nothing but more positive data points that you can take into account and make decisions for your franchise. How you want to go about that is perfect. The point I made is that this is perfect Chicago free agency. We can't even get the big league in free agency. <laughs> they give us, This is our Carlos Boozer, this league. That I, think you had a tw- you, right you, I think you had that tweet. What was like a week? I know. Why didn't you just let me? Why did you, I, was just, I, laughed. I was just trying to. I was going to say yeah. I laughed at it. I know, but I was going to give it to the people if they didn't see it on Twitter. Now you call me out for reusing a joke. I didn't. I was saying it was funny. It was a good joke. Yeah, but, but then you say it twice. And it's, no, it was a great joke. You did a great job. Uh, all right. We ruined it. I'll we ruined it. Now I'll we're cut, going out. I'll, I'll cut that out. No, no, no. I don't cut, cut it out. It's a real moment. It's what the people want. Real gotcha. raw moments. Uh, but I got no more raw moments. I think I've left it all out there today, Matt. You got yeah. anything else for the people? You playing any golf this week? You going you gonna to get I am playing there? on Thursday with some coworkers. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and gain this utility iron and uh, see how things go. Okay, cool. Let me know how that how that two iron hits. I will. I'm taking her to the range tomorrow. Regrip today, range tomorrow, on the course Thursday. You just got to have a plan. There you go. That's that's what we're going to leave you with. I'm going to get a range day tomorrow. Maybe maybe try and get on the course if it's it's doable. In life, attack it with a plan and listen to the Moose and Roots podcast. Everything else will be fine. That's going to do it for episode place of the Moose and Roots podcast. For Matt Rooney, I am Joe Musso. As we said, get in that mailbag. It keeps us alive. It's our lifeblood. It's the reason we wake up and do this damn thing. It's true. Mailbag next week, big time. That's going to do it to 160. For Matt, I'm Joe. We're out. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was... Awesome! <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. <laughs>